everybody. Welcome back into another edition of To The Point Podcast. Everybody's doing well on this Tuesday. We're almost through August, and it's August 30th, and it's a Tuesday, and normally Tuesdays are kind of a quiet day, but it's an important day in the sports calendar. It's an, an important day for a lot of young athletes today because it's NFL cut day. Rosters are cut from 90 to 53 by 4 p.m., Eastern, so 5 p.m. Atlantic, teams have to have their 53-man roster sent into the league, and over 400 players are cut today. It's very much a joyous day and then a very sad day for a lot of people. I've got a list of people that are cut. We're going to go through today. We're going to go through a number of things with the NFL. Sheamus is going to join, as he usually does on Tuesdays. I believe he's gonna. He wants to talk some NFL. Have some storylines. We're gonna have some fun today on the show. Little fun game that I teased yesterday that we will get into. I can't wait to do it. I think it's gonna be fun. I hope you guys enjoy it. We'll get to that in a little bit. And let's just start with the NFL. It's cut down day. I, unless you're a great athlete, which I was not. I played hockey. I played basketball. I was adequate at both better at hockey than I was at basketball, but I was never great. I've been cut from teams. I'm sure most of you listening have been cut from a team or, you know, you're put on a bench. You're not given the opportunities. There's just a time in your life, maybe getting fired is where I can correlate this, where you're not valued or you're seen as some, somebody is better than you at this certain task. And it's hurtful. I mean, we're all human beings. And today, 400 men will be cut across the NFL as rosters get cut down. And the interesting thing is, is well, is that guy going to be on a practice squad? Or, oh, that guy made the team. He looked good in camp. I'm so, but the big thing today is so many guys, this could be it. For a lot of these guys that get cut today, their NFL, their pro football careers are over. And that's truly how it is. It's over. You went to college. You were an undrafted free agent from, say, Nebraska. You got an opportunity. You signed a contract with the team. You went to training camp. You were in shape. You did everything you could to put yourself in a position to make the team, right? But it just didn't happen. You weren't as talented. There was too many players at your position. And ultimately, you might fall through the cracks. And before you know it, you're back in your hometown in North Dakota and you're working a regular job like the rest of us. We don't hear those stories. We hear about the success ones. The undrafted guy that made the team, Wes Walker, Julian Edelman in in, uh, New England, that was a seventh-round pick that was a quarterback at Kent State that transferred into a wide receiver in the NFL. You hear about those good stories. I think of a guy today who didn't even make it through all of training camp, but he came to mind because I've I've got college football on the brain. De'Ara King was a quarterback at the University of Houston and uh, at the U last year. He had a fantastic college career, played six seasons as a starting quarterback because of the COVID year. He had a very, very solid college career. And he was an undrafted free agent because he's blown out his knee a few times in college. And He went to New England's camp, and they wanted to convert him into a wide receiver, not even be a quarterback anymore, and he got cut 
in early July. He didn't even get into training camp. His career is over. I looked up his football wiki because I was interested because there's certain guys you want to see where they end up. And it's a sad day. You see veterans that get cut that you're like, wow, their career might be done. Maybe they're a scrap heap guy for one year, and then before you know it, they're out of the league. Todd Gurley, three years ago, led the NFL in rushing, and he nearly won the NFL MVP award. Currently, he's unemployed. He did not play last year. Todd Gurley, the Rams' great running back, the great running back at the University of Georgia, is out of the league, if you can believe it. This can happen quick. Some guys get opportunities because of injuries. Every sport. You get signed, you get, you get a second, third, fourth chance because of necessity. You might not be the first, second, third, fourth, fifth option, but you need somebody to scoop up. Aiden Hill is getting a job in Vegas. Got traded last night to Vegas. I don't think because they love the goaltender, it's because they don't have anybody else that's better. He might be the starting goaltender in Vegas come day one. Looking at this NFL system right now, some of the big names, and I'm an NFL geek, and pardon me for going through this, but Sony Michelle is, if, I think if you're familiar with the NFL, you know what I mean when I say Sony Michelle. He was originally drafted by the New England Patriots. He won a Super Bowl with the New England Patriots. He was then moved around, and he actually got traded to the Rams last season. He won a Super Bowl with the LA Rams. He's 27-year-old running back, a two-time Super Bowl champion. He was cut today. Sony Michelle is now free to sign with any team. I'm not sure he's going to have any suitors. These older running backs do not get many other – don't get many looks. You have a, a couple seasons that you really have to play well. After that, you're tossed away. Todd Gurley was out of the NFL at 28 years old. Sony Michelle's a year younger. That tracks. Todd Gurley was an elite running back. Sony Michelle has never worked out to be what they thought he was going to be coming out of Georgia. He's gone. Dolphins cut him today. Dolphins also cut second-year wide receiver Lynn Bowden. He had a really solid college career. It looked like he was going to be a star. They have a loaded wide receiver group with Jalen Waddell and with Tyreek Hill, and we'll talk about the AFC East tomorrow when I recap when I do the preview show tomorrow afternoon. I think he'll get picked up, but Lynn Bowden, another guy he's cut in training camp. I talked yesterday about Chris Strebler with the New York Jets. If you recall, he was a former Winnipeg Blue Bomber, was a great cup MVP, and he's bounced around the last couple of years. He spent last season with the Arizona Cardinals. He was then cut. The Jets bought him in for training camp, and he was really, he was the star of the preseason. He had the most passing yards in all the preseason football. He had the most rushing yards. He did everything he physically could to make the team. The Jets have a deep quarterback room. Now, you might say that it's a deep quarterback room with no talent. Won't push you on that. But they got Zach Wilson, second overall pick. He might miss the first couple weeks, but they're not going to cut him. They got Joe Flacco, the wily veteran who knows the system. They're not going to cut him. Somehow he's still in the league. And Mike White, I haven't heard if he's been cut yet or not. I'll, I'm going to update that as we go along if they're going to keep They'll keep Mike White for a couple weeks anyway until Zach Wilson's healthy. So Chris Strebler is the odd man out with the New York Jets. He's going to be cut. He could be a practice squad guy, but the way he played in training camp, I wouldn't be surprised if teams kick tires on Chris Strebler 
And the first team that comes to mind for me is the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions have Jared Goff, who will be the starting quarterback. They initially had Tim Boyle, who was on the roster last year, was the backup quarterback for Aaron Rodgers for a few seasons, and David Blau, who is, who's been with Detroit his whole career. He's a six-round pick. He started, I think, two games in his career, and he's just a backup quarterback. Tim Boyle was cut today. The veteran backup was released by the Detroit Lions. His career could very well be over. But I look around, and Chris Strebler could easily be the backup quarterback for the Detroit Lions. He is better than David Blau. And if I'm, I'm Detroit, I'm reaching out to Strebler. I'm not letting him sign a practice squad deal with the Jets. Come over to my team. Be our backup quarterback. We've seen this happen with Minnesota. They traded with Vegas. They got big Nick Mullins. And today they cut Kellen Mond, who is a second-year quarterback out of Texas A&M. He's now available. A surprise cut to me, but he was terrible in training camp. They talked about it. Sean Mannion's a veteran. They'll likely keep him, although maybe he's cut as well, to play alongside Kirk Cousins. So Strebler was a surprise cut to me, but I think he's going to land on his feet. And my guess, just based on necessity and just need, I think the Detroit Lions would be a really good landing spot for Chris Strebler. Not to mention they need him, but also just looking at opportunity. Maybe he gets to play this year. I don't know. Jared Goff is good. I think Strebler, there could be an injury. If I'm Chris Strebler and I get a call from the Detroit Lions, I am all in on going there because it's a perfect spot for me to have some success. The Giants would be my other location. They cut Davis Webb today, who was another quarterback who had a really good preseason. He's bounced around the NFL. This was his second stint with the Giants. They're going to keep Daniel Jones, of course. They also have Tyrod Taylor. Apparently, his injury is not that serious because they were able to cut Davis Webb. But the Giants could have an opening there where Strebler could work out and beat out Tyrod Taylor for the backup job. I don't know. Again, these are all different possibilities, but I'm just looking at the situation, and I think these are potentially options for him. A few other big cuts. O.J. Howard, the Buffalo Bills. O.J. Howard's a former first-round pick of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And he's never worked out. He just hasn't. He's a big, big guy. His Early in his second season, he tore his Achilles. And for a big tight end who's 6'6", 260 pounds, he just has not been able to bounce back. The Bucks let him walk last year. Now, before even the season starts, the, the Bills are going to cut him. They have Dawson Knox, but I thought he'd be a good number two tight end. And apparently he can't do it. With his injury history and just his lack of production in tow, I wouldn't be surprised if O.J. Howard is done in the NFL. That So th- that's another big one. I thought O.J. Howard would have been a lock to make the roster in Buffalo. He's not. Danny Shelton, he's a veteran nose tackle, was a first-round pick of the Cleveland Browns back in the day. He was cut by the Kansas City Chiefs today, so they're moving on from Danny Shelton. Philip Lindsay, a... Former Bronco, who was a great story, was a fifth or sixth round pick, I can't recall. But he had a couple good seasons in Denver where he had some success on bad teams. But then, like any running back, you have a lot of carries. You have a lot of wear and tear. They cut him. He goes to plays in Houston last year. He was at the Colts camp. And they got so they have depth at the position with Jonathan Taylor, with Nakeem Hines. And they decide that Philip Lindsay was expendable. 
with running back depth, I looked, Lindsey was cut, Duke Johnson was cut by the Bills. These guys could have be unemployed for a week or two, but with an injury, they'll be signed to an active roster just to have a guy there to suit to put on uniform just in case of an injury during a game. Another big cut, Tyler Johnson. He's a wide receiver out of Minnesota with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He was cut today. That's a Tom Brady move. I think Brady and Johnson have never had a great connection. I think they looked at Johnson as a guy that was going to break out. I'm not sure he understood the complete route tree. He seemed confused at time, and he had a case of the drops. So his time in Tampa Bay is over. Maybe a team will take a look at him because he has a lot, a lot of potential talent there. And Adam Schefter's tweeting out as we're as we're speaking here, the uh, Las Vegas Raiders waive former first-round pick Alex Leatherwood per source. Leatherwood was, like as Schefter mentioned, a first-round pick out of Alabama. This The Raiders can waive some of these guys that they had on their roster because it's a whole new, whole, you know, bunch of new people, new GM, new head coach. They don't need to keep former first-round picks like Leatherwood. I, I'm interested to see if Cleland Farrell makes it through. He's another first-round pick that hasn't worked out. Henry Ruggs was a first-round pick two years ago. He's obviously in jail. And Damon Arnett was a first-round pick three years ago. He was cut from the team for having a firearm and being online last year talking about wanting to, to shoot people and hurt them. So they've been drafting horrible. Another uh, another tweet here from Schefter, another surprise. Texans are releasing veteran running back Marlon Mack. Damian Pierce, I talked about him a, a couple of days ago. They have they I, I think he's he's gonna be the stud for the Houston Texans. He's gonna be the Bell Cow back. Mack was a guy coming in with a, a lot of wear and tear, was with the Colts for a long time. So another veteran running back that just bites the dust, if you will. So Cuts are coming left and right. There's ones that, you know, become more prevalent than than others. And it's a tough day, like I said, for a lot of these guys. And there's also trades because you don't want to cut a guy outright. You want to get something for him. The Eagles have a loaded, loaded roster. New Orleans has a salary cap problem, but they also have a defense that has been one of the best in the NFL as we talked about yesterday. Well, C.J. Gardner-Johnson was becoming expendable because of Tyron Matthew going to the New Orleans Saints. So New Orleans traded C.J. Gardner-Johnson today to the Philadelphia Eagles for a fifth-round pick. And the Eagles, I've talked about them. They're my pick to win the NFC East. Their roster is just loaded. Great offensive line, great skill position play. Players, I like Jalen Hurts. is not a great quarterback, but I like him. And Gardner Johnson only helps their defense. They have a loaded roster. I love what they're doing in Philadelphia. They're aggressive in the offseason to get better, to help Jalen Hurts, to improve an offensive line. They made the playoffs last year. They want to improve on that this season. And I think Gardner Johnson's a sneaky good player that the Saints wouldn't love to lose. They wouldn't love to lose him for a fifth-round pick, but when you're in salary cap hell, when you have no options, you have to do things that you don't want to do. And that's what they were forced to today, was just take it on the chin, say, see you to C.J. Gardner-Johnson, and, and move on. They still have a good team, and they have, they have to look at it that way because it would be really depressing just to look around and say, we gave up a, a great roster player 
for a fifth round pick that can help us this season where to me, the Saints expectations internally are to win the NFC South. Yes, the, the Bucks are the FanDuel betting favorite. Yes, the Bucks are one of the he, uh, heavy favorites to win the Super Bowl. But the Saints don't give a shit about Vegas. The Saints don't give a shit about what the bookies are saying. The Saints are looking internally at their roster saying, we can do this. We, can, we, we own Tampa Bay. We know how to beat this team. Jameis Winston's back healthy. Michael Thomas is back healthy. We got the Honey Badger. We still have we, uh, we our defense is rocking. Cam Jordan is still in his prime. Let's go win this division. Let's make a run at the Super Bowl. Will they? I think they'll be a competitive team, but that's the way they're thinking, and that's how you have to approach it. Because losing a player of that value, I don't think will be well received in the locker room because they know he can help the team, and ultimately he goes to another NFC team that could potentially hurt them down the line. On the show, I admit when I'm right, and I admit when I'm wrong. Yesterday, I was wrong, because I said at the end of the show that Jimmy Garoppolo, a.k.a. porn star Jimmy, one of my favorites, would be cut by the San Francisco 49ers today, and he would be a free agent. He would likely go to the Giants, I think I said, but I said I don't think there's a key team for him to go to. But in a surprising move, this happened last night, the San Francisco 49ers agreed with Jimmy G to restructure his contract, turn it into a one-year deal worth $7 million guaranteed. If he can worth up, it can be worth up to $16 million guaranteed with playing time and different bonuses. He just drops his cap it down from it was going to be $27 million. But it's, it's now a $7 million, $7 million this year for Jimmy Garoppolo. He's given a full no trade, so if in the event that there is an injury, he doesn't want to go to a team that's weak or could he potentially be injured, he has every right to veto it, so he could be a 49er for this entire season, then go into next year's offseason and sign where he wants to play. And ultimately, the big news here is that Jimmy Garoppolo will be the backup quarterback behind, of, behind Trey Lance. It's a complete flip from last year where Jimmy G was the starter and Trey Lance was the backup. But I, I got to say, I love this move by Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch, and the San Francisco 49ers, and I also love it by Jimmy Garoppolo. And I'll take through both sides. For the 49ers, I've talked about this. You can't have enough quarterbacks. If you're going to cut a guy that you know can get to a Super Bowl because he's done it once and was a few plays away from doing it again last year, you're going to cut a guy that knows your system, you know the quarterback extremely well, you know that he's a good guy. He's got a good demeanor. He's been a great teammate. It's hard just to part with somebody like that. And kudos to them for working out a way for him to stay. Now, he has to take that, his ego, and, and erase money. But he knows that if they cut him, he's not going to make that money anyway. It wasn't, it wasn't guaranteed. He'd have to make the roster opening day to be guaranteed that $27 million. He wouldn't have made $7 million from any other team. But having a guy with rapport, he's not, to me, I, I heard, well, you can't have him sitting there with, with Trey Lance. He's not a threat because Trey Lance was drafted third overall. Trey Lance has been lauded as the next great talent in the NFL. Or Jimmy Garoppolo, you know what Jimmy Garoppolo is. He's a guy that relies on a strong running game. He can make a few big throws, and but he's not going to win you any games. He's going to be a game manager quarterback that just moves the ball down the field and you can rely on that. 
but he's not going to be a game changer. He's not going to move outside the pocket. He has doesn't even have half the ability that Trey Lance has when it comes to his ability to move, use his legs and use that effectively to help the team win. So Jimmy G is not a threat. He is just there. He's there if there's a problem, and I think that's, that's a great position for him to be in. So I applaud San Francisco for not just cutting a good player just because it was a salary cap issue. Work it out. Try to find some kind of solution. I applaud them for that, and having a good backup quarterback is invaluable in the NFL. Having that, that position as a strength is awesome for me. So I think this was a really, really good decision by the 49ers to bring Jimmy Garoppolo back. I also think this is a great move for Jimmy Garoppolo. Here's why. I just talked about why he would have got cut. He wouldn't have made the $27 million anyway. He wouldn't have made $7 million in the open market, believe you me, because nobody was trading a fourth or fifth round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo. He gets to stay in San Francisco. Worst case this year for Jimmy is that he sits the entire year. So the last thing you remember was that Jimmy Garoppolo was in an NFC championship game. He gets to sit and be a backup quarterback to Trey Lance. He gets to recover from his uh, surgery in his shoulder. So he gets to recover there. He gets to mentor a guy so teams will see this. And not to mention, he doesn't have to start for a really bad team. He doesn't have to go to New York and get killed behind that offensive line. He doesn't have to go play for Seattle in his own division where Seattle's going to stink. You, doesn't, you don't want to be Geno Smith in that position where you know they're just hoping you lose games and see what happens. He doesn't have to go to a bad situation. He doesn't have to be in a bad spot. He gets to sit there on a team that can legitimately say, we can get to the Super Bowl this year. It's not crazy to say that San Francisco will win the Super Bowl at the end of the year. Jimmy Garoppolo could be a part of that team. Maybe he's in a couple games. Trey Lance takes a hit. He gets in and plays. This is a win-win. I don't think Trey Lance is going to be worried about Jimmy Garoppolo sitting behind him. If he is, then maybe he's not, not your quarterback to begin with. But they worked together well last season. Jimmy can come back. He can get healthy. Trey Lance can start his career as the quarterback of the future for the San Francisco 49ers. And Jimmy Garoppolo can depart after this season. Maybe Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't spend the whole year in San Francisco. For him with a no trade, I'm not going to a bad situation. I'm not going to the Giants if Daniel Jones is struggling and he's injured. I'm not because that's not going to be a good spot. You're not going to play well. And look how it hurts your value. Baker Mayfield had a bad year in Cleveland. He got traded for a conditional fifth. I think Garoppolo sits, even gets in a few games with that San Francisco 49ers team this year. He will get more looks next season. He will get more of an opportunity. His market will be larger than it is right now for him. It's a smart business by both teams. Why go to a bad team if you don't have to? That's your solution next year. You have to go to a team that isn't, let's just say, in title contention. Then that's what you do. You accept your fate. But good on the Niners. Good on... Jimmy Garoppolo, porn star Jimmy, for, for doing this. Because I'd, I'd much rather be a San Francisco 49er than a New York Giant any day of the week. Because playing for the Giants, 
is it's almost as bad as playing for the Jets. And oddly enough, they play in the same stadium, which is a scary thought. See, we got Seamus back on the line. It's been a minute since we talked to him, but we'll bring him in here and see what he's up to. Seamus, I like the hat. Um, how is studying going prior to next week's big test? Good. Can you hear me okay? I got gotcha. you. Okay, nice. Um, no, studying's been really good. It's uh, it's obviously been a grind. This is the biggest exam I'll probably ever write in my lifetime. So obviously a little stress, but uh, no, this is a great release to come on with you. I'm pretty excited because uh, we haven't done this in so long since – I mean, it's it feels like a month, but uh, maybe yeah. maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, it's been close because I was in Edmonton and we didn't do last week. So yeah, it's it's been probably three weeks for sure. So yeah, it's it's been a hot minute. Um, what have you been up to this summer? Kind of tell people what what's uh, what's the last couple weeks. What have you been up to other than uh, studying? Yeah, yeah, no. So anyways, any any way to get away from studying and get away from the book. So I've been hitting the course quite often, which has been up and down, which can be poor for your mental health, as you, as you know. Um, but other than that, I went to a wedding last weekend for a cousin, had a great time there. I got to see you also on Sunday, which was nice uh, to catch up. But other than that, yeah, just relaxing, trying to use my back deck, which uh, we built in the, in the spring. So I've been using that all the time and uh, that's been fun too. The only thing about the back deck, man, is winter. It's more stuff you got to shovel. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm. Uh, uh, you know what? It's good exercise, though, and uh, maybe I'll be like you. Maybe I'll wake up at four thirty. I'll be out there shoveling, uh, get my steps in, and uh, hopefully I'll have calf muscles like you someday too, because those things are massive. So, gotta start flexing on those. <laughs> yeah, well, I appreciate that. I uh, when you, when you don't lift weights, something's gotta be large on your body. I think, uh, <laughs> other than other than my cheeks, but cheeks. Uh, uh, no, but. Uh, no, that's good to hear, uh, obviously, and we obviously wish you the best of luck next week. And, Thank you. Uh, we know you'll do well either way. But you mentioned the course, and I wanted to get your thoughts on – so we talked Sunday about the Tour Championship. Mm. Scheffler had a six-shot lead going in, and I was very down on the event, and that bitch slapped me because it was actually a, a great, a great uh, last round. But – what did you make of the whole scene and um, the format in general? Yeah, well, I think we both talked about our displeasure for the format, but um, it ended up being exciting, like you said, it ended up being a little bit of a race, and uh, you know, nice to see Rory come out with it. I, I had to say, I have to make this comment. I'm not a big fan of the kiss ass of the family. I didn't like that. You know, everyone, I see it all the time. I see it online all the time on Twitter. Oh, class act, Rory goes like, no, like it's it's not a class act. You beat him fair and square. He you know, he clearly had some kind of collapse with a six shot lead and, you know, you're able to lap that up. But uh, yeah, no, I think, I think it's interesting. Obviously I don't think it's, it's not a major, you know what I mean? And it's not ever going to be viewed as a major. I think it's, it's a decent event. And I think there was a great uh, list of guys who came right down to the 30 this year. I, I can't argue with any of them. They were all great golfers. Some guys who just popped up on tour this year, but still had fantastic years. Um, but still, yeah, no, it's it's just doesn't spark the same interest for me personally. Um, I know some golf nuts will love it, and you know, since it's been around since two thousand and seven, when I believe Tiger won the first one, it, it it has been a staple on tour. But yeah, I mean, I I'm much more excited for a guy like Will Zalatoris to win uh, his first PGA tour win than you know for Rory to win his second three or his third PGA 
um, whatever you want to call it, Tour FedEx Championship. Yeah, yeah, that that was that was exciting too. The first leg of the playoff, other than Will Zalatoris taking twenty minutes to decide where he's gonna hit his ball from the box. <laughs> I was ready to, me and my father were ready to kill him that day, Dad. <laughs> Snap him in half, DW. He's ready to snap. Um, <laughs> but I, well. Dad's favorite golfer is now Sun J M. He's, he's a oh yeah, player. I like Sun J. That's Casey's too. He wanted me to live bet Sun J M, which I I thought about it, but then he bogeyed fourteen. I said no, but he good. I I love him too. Uh, he's I he's young too. Pool a lot. Yeah, he's only twenty. I couldn't believe he was twenty four. He's only a year older than me. But yeah, I, I don't love like you said. I don't love the format. But something I, I said yesterday is you see six guys today live for the live leave for the live tour. But the live tour will never have what the PGA did on Sunday, Shay, which was just competitiveness. Mm-hmm. Like you could tell how bad they wanted. Like Sung Jin when he missed that that putt that would have put him at twenty one under and he oh, was so close. And you saw his face and he was so happy to get second, of course, the biggest payday of his career. Yeah, but Scheffler and Rory and that putt that Rory made on 15, which is incredible in the atmosphere. Nobody's at the live event. They don't have a, a TV audience. They're playing in Boston this week. No, okay, great. Nobody's gonna watch it. They're gonna watch college football. Exactly. I will. So I do, I think the competitive nature, the PGA Tour still has that upper hand, and and that's important. I think just for the long term health of a of any business franchise, you know, whatever. Yeah. So what, what's Cam Smith going to go there and start lighting it up? Well, that's, that seems like a lot of fun to watch if he, if he's winning every weekend or his team, I guess, whatever format they decide to roll in. But yeah, they, they, you know, whether it's shitty golf or good golf, you still need some kind of competitive nature or it's just a shit show overall, in my opinion. Right. Like like, any league in the world has got to have two guys who are going to be at the same level. You know, you see it with men's tennis where it's Jokovic and Nadal right now. Um, I'm trying to think of other must see TV when they, when they play, right? Because it's yeah, so competitive because yeah, you know, it's going to draw people in. You know what, you know what they're doing. Um, even Serena Williams last night, I saw this morning it, I think it had 6.5 million, uh, a, a average viewers last night for Serena Williams for, for her first round match. Things draw you in competitive stuff where if it's, if you if it's Tim Donahue and the fix is in, who's going to be that interested in, in watching it? They're just not because it's, it's not that compelling of a product. Yeah. Yeah. So who are the other, some of the other golfers that took off for the live tour? I don't know if you already um, so said it was Cam Smith. One that surprised me, hurts me a little bit. Joaquin Neiman. Left. Oh yeah. He's, I think he, I think he will compete for majors for everyone. The Genesis, he's a, as you know, a damn good golfer. Mm-hmm. Mark Leishman, he could go. No yeah, one's going to miss him. One that I think is more important than people are giving talking about today is Harold Varner Jr. the third. He's one of the few black golfers on the mm-hmm. PGA Tour. We want to talk about inclusion. We want to talk about growing the game, which is what Greg Norman has said forever, which is a crock of shit. But him leaving is a bigger deal to me because there are so few guys you know you think of Sahita Gala who's kind of emerged and you're starting to see like some GM and more Korean golfers but just black golfers they're very few yeah. and far between yeah on I, right I, I can only think of Tony and Harold those are the only two guys right. on the top yeah. of my mind yeah I know there is other ones but yeah but to, to be more prominent one and Harold had a good year this this year too so yeah it does suck to see him go 
Yeah, so Harold and Cameron Tringali and Arabin Lahiri. So six guys joined the live today. But again, a few guys of notoriety. The rest are just some yeah. names that you hear. Did you know, I just mentioned Tim Donahue, that there's a, uh, the Untold series. They do a lot of different stuff. They did the Malice at the Palace documentary. They did the one on Monte Teo oh, yeah. a few weeks ago, which was fascinating. They're doing one that drops today on Tim Donahue, who, for everybody that's not aware, Tim Donahue was a ref in the NFL, uh, sorry, in the, NBA, in, the, in the NBA, and he used to fix games, and he got caught doing it. And they're, I guess, a two-part series on Tim Donahue that drops today on Netflix. Wow. Yeah, go check that out. I, I watched the, the Mouse and the Pout. That was, that was a really, really good one. They, they know how to make a good documentary. That's something I'll be interested in for sure. Yeah, I, I'm especially because I've heard – I listened to an interview last week about him, a guy who wrote a book about Tim Donahue. And he basically said the guy was like an egomaniac. Like he thought he knew what other refs' tendencies were, and he'd bet on – how other how games would finish just based on referees and i guess he was a really shitty better and he didn't know anybody he was just a pain in the ass but i'm curious to see how he's portrayed because i think in a lot of these the the villain gets a good edit in these untold documentaries the monte teo one the catfish now Maybe, yeah transgender woman to me was shown in a more positive light than i would have liked if i was monte teo I'm curious to see how he's how he, how uh, Donahue looks in this documentary. Yeah, yeah, there's a there's a lot of good ones. There's a lot of opportunity for that. I hope they keep going with that series, keep rolling them out. You know, even even throughout the next couple of weeks. Yeah, abs- absolutely. Speaking of NBA, I was gonna we'll we'll go to Chet in a second because I'm depressed about Chet Holmgren. But yeah, I heard. I don't know if you saw today, but LeBron James was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Okay. And he was on the cover with his two sons, Bryce and Bronny. Mm-hmm. And he basically, it's on the cover and it's in the magazine. He's saying he wants to play with both of his sons. <laughs> We've heard that he wants to play with Bronny, but now I guess Bryce might be better than Bronny. That's what I've seen too. Saying. Yeah. So, and I mean, it's a lofty ambition, but what, what do you make of, of even SI putting this on their cover? Oh well, they they love LeBron. Like, let's just get ran. They they know they want the clicks. They want people buying, and they know that LeBron still sells. It'll he'll sell for probably quite a while, probably into the next three or four years. Yeah, this idea that he's going to play with his second son to me is just bogus. I, I think it's clickbait. I think he he's trying to draw people in, and uh, yeah, I I just don't think it'll work. Um, I think it's a good story right now, but that's ambitious to to say the least. Mm-hmm. Even I never see LeBron as a bench bench guy riding the bench, but like, say he does the old load management, maybe he's like what he'd be he had to be forty six, maybe forty five by the time Bryce gets into the league. Yeah, that's that's gonna be tough, and you're also banking on both your sons being good enough to be in the NBA, which I, I I've seen. I, I mean, you've seen highlights, and you've seen Bronny seems like a good player. He'll probably go to D one college, but will he get past D one college? Probably not my opinion right and i don't i'm not even sure he's going to be a top recruit no he won't be play but i don't think he'll be like a a five star because he the way people talk about him he's not all the way there yet they don't know if he's he hasn't really gotten better over the years he's kind of plateaued and stayed the same i'm not even sure he's going to be like a duke 
player. You know, you think, well, LeBron James' son will go to Duke or go to a high, you know, one of the best colleges. I'm not, I don't think it's a guarantee. This could be the, the ball family where two of the three, I mean, there's two brothers, but the, you know, LeVar always said his three sons are going to play in the same team. Well, LaMelo never made it. And I, I think maybe that's tricky. If LeBron wants to play with Bronny first and he never makes it to the NBA, that, that that's a little awkward. And SI will, that'll be a cringy piece even more in a, in a couple of years. Yeah. But that's the thing. I think more people will forget about it than actually hold on to it. Like, yeah, there like there'll be some hardcore sports fans who are saying, you know, that was that was a bad take. I mean, can't believe you guys turned this way, but obviously the hope that it happens right now is gonna make them money, which is why they're doing it. Right. Bron LeBron's been, I mean, think of like you talk about Chet, like for one, he, he of course he never means to hurt anybody, and then obviously that wasn't, but he because he is the player, so he is gonna get some of that blame, which is kind of funny. And then I see this story about him hyping up teammates, former teammates to get before they get traded. So their trade value goes up. He clearly hyped up Kyle Kuzma. Uh, there's another, there's another player. I can maybe KCP too, before he departed from LA. Uh, I think that's crazy because he's clearly using his influence as, you know, uh, this, like as this megastar. Yeah. 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 As, as just saying like, yeah, you should get this guy. Like he's really good, but clearly, and then the fan bases think he's really good. You know, maybe Washington's fan base thought he was Kyle Kuzma was going to be better than he was. And then, you know, but it's just funny that like a guy like LeBron can do that where, you know, his presence is that, is that widely respected. Yeah. Because even the other night he tweeted about the Monte Teo documentary and then it was trending on Twitter that people were watching it. Yeah. And I was like, well, I'm blown away that he has this much influence, but yeah, I mean, He's played in two pro-ams this summer. He played oh. the Jake the crossover one with Jamal, and then he also played at the in L.A. the it's like the the inner city uh, league there that there's I guess some really good players, but he played in that one too. That the Drew League was supposed to play in, but he yeah the Drew League that he never showed up, which big surprise there, but. Is that surprising to you? He's 37, and he's playing in two. Maybe he didn't make the playoffs, so he wants to get a little rust off, but this is – I wouldn't love it if I'm the Lakers, I'll tell you that, just giving him an, an extension. And maybe he could have easily been Chet Holmgren, and, you know, he could be – Right. Yeah, no, I mean, I wouldn't love it either if I was the team he's playing for, but well, you're not going to say no. You're not going to say, oh, LeBron, you know, LeBron, can you, can you not go? Like, he's going to do what he wants to do, and that's just – the power he holds um, for him. Maybe it's just about getting his name out there. Maybe he doesn't even care about playing. He probably doesn't care much about the guys he plays with, which may be a little shallow, but it, you know, getting that notoriety playing in these leagues, because I think the last time he played in the drew league, he might've been like 23, 24. Right. So clearly, clearly he was a young guy. So I, I think it's just about, you know, getting the clicks online and getting that name recognition out there. Um, you know, I'll be in this guy. Okay. Well, I'm not, I'm not so high and mighty that I won't go play, you know, in these lower level leagues, just, just because I'm who I am. Right. So he'll go do that. Obviously it grows the popularity of the league, but then it also helps him also, or it helps his perspective out of being like that kind of guy. Yeah. I'm surprised because you see a lot of clauses in contracts where you can't go snowboarding. You can't, you can't do all the, you know, I think Kevin Durant, he can't play street ball. He used to love to when he was young, 
and they didn't let him because he'd yeah. play in Har- Harlem and they'd just find him on YouTube playing against me and you. And you'd be like, well, what the hell, KD? Like, what if some guy undercuts you and you you blow your leg out? Then what the, that wasn't worth it. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of surprised LeBron doesn't have that, that you know, Tatis can ride a goddamn motorcycle, that Chris, Chris Sale can hurt himself riding a bike, which... Uh, that Kyler Murray has to study his playbook. Stop playing Halo. I mean, it. What uh, common sense? If it was only more common, but yeah. Let's get to let's get to Chet. Okay. Chet Holmgren. I was excited to watch the Thunder, really for the first time since like 2012, where they had they made the finals and they were somewhat relevant. Yeah. They'd surge and. James, they were fun that year. I was excited to see Chet. I think there were nights he was going to get exposed, then he played really well, and I was just mm-hmm. curious to see. And they got a decent roster with, with SGA and, and Lou Dort, a couple Canadians there. Yeah. This is this is tough, and it doesn't look well on Chet with his, you know, a long-term career as well for me. Okay, so who do you most think of when you see this player? He's long, he's white, he's skinny. Who, who do you think of? Well, see, I wasn't thinking white. I was thinking of another big man. Okay, who are you thinking of? This, but I'll, I'll give you my name, and then you can give me yours. I, think of, Perzi- I think of Perzingis. Okay. And, and I think of Perzingis. Because he's a little skinnier than Odin, but that's a, good, that's a fair point, too. And why I think of that is because Perzingis, throughout his career, since he's been on three teams now, his health problems always seem to get in the way. Yep. And I think there's this – it must be this, like – this understat that says this guy is under 200 pounds, but he's seven foot tall. So he's got, he's got limited muscle. I'm not, I'm not a, what you call him? I'm not like an occupational therapist. Yeah. I'm not nutritious, but I can tell that that's probably not good for his body. Right. And you were, you made up a good point on Thursday, I think in your, in your thing, this, you know, it's not going to be sustainable. And this is a guy that's really intriguing to the league. If I'm him and I'm his, okay see i'm saying hey listen i know you like to shoot and i know you're gonna have to adjust your shot based on how much weight you put on but you need to put on a little bit of weight it's almost like the opposite of um god uh new orleans uh big guy oh, zion. zion williams yeah zion so it's almost the opposite of zion where he has to take off weight i think he has to put on weight in order to be sustainable because he's going to get banged up he's you know if he doesn't have this the certain leg muscles he can come down and probably easily tear his leg. We've seen it with Kevin Durant, uh, who had surgery in the past on the same thing. That Paul George injury. Like, Paul George is, is more girth now than he used to be. Before, before right. I remember when, oh, that was such a gross. For Team USA, injury. yeah. Unbelievable injury. And, you know, th- those things do happen naturally. It's not like just because being skinny, it will happen just because of the sport. But I, just, I do think it does play into, uh, into it. Um, but I have a list of six guys here who missed – Missed partial or missed all of their rookie years. And I want you to tell tell me what they all have in common. Okay. okay. Yep. So I have Joel Embiid, Blake Griffin, Ben Simmons, Nerlin Noels, Michael Porter Jr., and Greg Oden. I think of most of those guys, a lot of them are bigs. A lot of them can't shoot, as I think about it. There. <laughs> uh... I will say for most of that list, Shay, a lot of them have come back. Yeah, that's good. He's been great. Simmons, he's been a multiple time All Star, so I mean he's got his issues, but Griffin. 
He's been all star for a few quite a few years. All star, uh, ten years in the league. Other than Odin, there's really no bust there. Yeah. So all those guys were top three picks. Is is the common theme between all of them, and what I what I think helps that is that you know there's been a lot of speculation that his Kerchet's career is over. Oh, like he's never coming back. Well, all these guys were top three picks, and all for the most part, and not Greg Oden, obviously, and Nerlens Noel can be questionable, but they've all had promising careers past their first year. So I don't think it's any for anyone to just like go up in arms and say, well, this is you know this is it, this is going to be his career. Like Joel Embiid had a lot of question marks because. Absolutely. of his of his injuries and yeah his first year in Kansas when he was playing with Andrew Wiggins whether he was going to be sustainable or not because he was always injured and now he's one of the best players in the league hands down you know so that could be Chet as well and uh you mentioned it too that you know if they if they tank and they pick up another good player who knows maybe in a couple of years they're much better than they would be if he was on the team yeah and I, if I'm OKC, I'm not playing him this year because I think they'll shut down guys. They'll want to get a high pick. Like right. Said. And I just – I bring him in next year fresh, and he's like a rookie. And, and you kind of work at that. We have two rookies on your team, which can be difficult. My big concern, Shay, big men have problem with their feet. That's going to happen. It, it always has. Greg Oden, that really got him out. He couldn't – it's just his feet. It just happens. You, you see yeah. it all the time. I wonder if he just can't put on weight. There Maybe. are people that just can't. That you say, could you, you know, I think there's NH, uh, multiple NHL guys that you say, could you put on 10 pounds? They can't. They can eat 10 steaks in a row, and they won't put on a pound. And I, I think they must have told him to get in the gym. I, I think he's lifting weights. I mean, that's just the way, the way it goes. I'm sure he did it at Gonzaga. Maybe he's just a guy that can't put on weight, and that is ultimately the, the biggest concern here. Right, which makes you think that that would play a factor in being drafted, obviously, so high. Yes. You know, why, why you draft a guy with such a – and this would have to come out too. I mean, obviously, obviously something Gonzaga would probably disclose that he's a guy who's been trying to put on weight and just can't do it. Um, but, yeah, so, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's very concerning for me. And like you said, this was a, a kind of a high uh, – uh, it's a good rookie class, but obviously this was the, like, I think you put it, the flair of the rookie class with this guy because he's so intriguing and he's so different from any, uh, any NBA or out there, you know, and, and I know my comparison, Brozingis, well, guess what? He's, he's much better defensively than Brozingis and he's probably more consistent shooter. So that's a scary combination um, that we'll never get to see this year. And something I like, and the play he's injured, he tried to block LeBron. Yeah. I'm, I'm not many I'm guys do that. that. Like, geez, he's trying to block, you know, the the great one in the game right now. He's not afraid to try to do it. So I give him credit for that. It's just unfortunate. The Liz Frank footage, it's, it's a, it can be a very bad one. Saw it with uh, Matt Carell in the NFL. He's out for the season. So it's it's a, an injury that's a pain in the ass for sure. Um, RJ Barrett. Mm. Rookie extension last night after – Utah and the Knicks, they had a deadline. I guess the Knicks put a deadline on them, which take one if you ask me. But they signed R.J. Barrett to a four-year, $120 million. The rookie, it's a max extension for a rookie. Let me ask you this, hypothetical. If you're the Knicks, if you can have R.J. Barrett for next season or Donovan Mitchell, who do you want? Just for next season? Yeah, for no, pa salary, no salaries. 
No salaries. I salaries are the same. It's a one year deal. Um, I'd probably want RJ Barrett. I'd take RJ. Yeah. I, I just think that he's got a better cap and I know we're only looking at that year scale, but I think he is going to improve since next year. Cause he's improved every year since been in, he's been in the league. Right. Mm -hmm. Like he had a really, really good year last, uh, last year and you know, good for him yeah, for getting paid for it. And he's with nobody. Yeah. Him and Julius Randall who died off pretty quickly into the season. So, you know, I, I feel bad for him though, because I mean, he's making good money, but this team is still not going to be relevant next year, which is a pain. Like their starting lineup is going to be Brunson, him, Fourier, M uh, Mitchell Robinson, and then Julius Randle. And then right. some cast of characters like Derrick Rose and Alec Burks coming off the bench. They're not going to be an attractive team to watch, in, in my opinion, and they don't really have a star factor. No, they, they don't. And I agree with you about RJ because – and I hear the rumors about Donovan Mitchell to the Knicks, and I somewhat get it because the Knicks are so desperate. They're so bad. They need, yeah, they need something. But Donovan Mitchell has been the best player on Utah for eight years. Long time. Really since yeah. he got there. Maybe Derek Favors is better than him for half a second. But since then, he's been the best player on that team. If he gets traded to the Knicks, even with Jalen Brunson being there, Donovan Mitchell will be the best player on the team. Mm. If I'm the Knicks... You might not be good this year, as you just mentioned. I completely concur with you. They're not going to be a great team. They're they're going to be not even that interesting to watch, which you got to take it on the chin. But Knicks fans are used to that. I'd rather build something and and wait till the next superstar wants out of a team or a next free agent, because acquiring Donovan Mitchell, who has multiple years left on his deal, and not and likely having the same season as you would with R.J. Barrett, just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, there's, there's no point in taking, you know, half a step forward when you might as well just stay where you're at and take two, two three steps forward in the next right. upcoming seasons. There's going to be good players that are going uh, to come up, and it happens, you know, all the time. But, yeah, you got to wait for something bigger. I, I, I don't know, and I, and I think RJ's deserve this deal, but do I think that it's going to impact them signing a bigger player later down the road? Yes, because of concerning the money with uh, they just gave uh, Brunson who came over from Dallas. So I, I'm a little concerned about that. Obviously New York will spend, obviously they don't really care. I think the, I believe the same owner owns both the, the Rangers. Rangers and the Knicks. So like clearly he, he gave Artemi Panarin too much money. So clearly he'll give anybody too much money. Yep. So it's going to be difficult, I think, to land a bigger name, but if he's willing to pay, then that, then that should be fine. That they need to build around. They've got a great player, Barrett, I think can be maybe not, a, a superstar, but I think he can be a star in the league. So you give him somebody else to play with and keep Randall there. Maybe you'll have some success down the road. Yeah. I think they had a decent off season for what they could work with. I think Mitchell Robinson has more to give there. I, Me too. I think he, he can be intriguing. I, I like him. Fournier, my God, the fact that they brought him back and the Celtics had him for five seconds. They couldn't stand him. They get rid of him during an NBA finals. That tells you how good he was. Yeah, basically. Yeah, he's not my favorite player. When there's, you're a, there's a former Celtics still unsigned. I don't know if you know, if you, if you can uh, give you a hint. He's, play, he's been a Laker. He's been a Houston Rocket. He's been a Atlanta Hawk. Roger Rondo. True. Not not who I was thinking of. Oh, no, okay. Um, Sorry. He's got 
fro- he had frosted tips for a hot minute. He had frosted tips when he was playing with Boston, or is this afterwards? Um, no, when he was with the Hawks. Kind of a six man who thought he was better than what he was. Turned down a long-term deal from the Lakers. Oh, Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder. Yeah, he's with Houston now. He's going to be a backup guard there, or yeah, at least I yeah. think so. Yeah. I, I think he's with Houston, maybe, maybe not. He could be unsigned still. He had a, a lackluster year. That was a, a highly disappointing. What was he going to make with L.A.? He was going to make something really crazy. Like, I think they offered him like $18 million a year. Okay, so yeah, almost 20 year. Yeah. And never yeah. get that money back. No, no, that's a clear indication of your agent telling you you're you're better than what you are. Uh, get a new agent. Yeah, yeah, you fire him pretty quickly, just like Freddie Freeman did. Yeah, Freddie Freeman and uh, John Klingberg. <laughs> um, you're not gonna be on next week because you're writing your your exam. Right. I wanted to kind of talk NFL with you for a bit because okay. you won't be on to start the season, and I kind of. I kind of let this, let you take over this segment. So I'm going to let you take this wherever you want to go with it. And we'll, we'll go from there. Okay. First, I, I have a subtle announcement. Um, I thought about long and hard what you said when me, you and Casey were on about being a Browns fan. And uh, I'm going to revoke being a Browns fan for the season, uh, okay. which means, you know, I won't get, I won't have to see Deshaun play. I, I probably will see him play because I'll be watching other teams, but no, I, I decided I'm not going to be not going to be. I won't support that. Obviously, I thought thought about it long and hard, and there's no reason. So I'm taking the year off from from it, and we'll see what happens next season. Maybe I just quit the team because now that Baker's not there, it's not much to love. Right. Um, but so I'm just going to be basically following a handful of teams closely. I haven't decided which teams, but I'm going to follow them. I'm going to you know definitely watch at least one of their games, maybe two of their games every week and flash into monday if they play monday i haven't decided the teams i'd, I'd love your suggestions uh, if you had any um they can come from any division doesn't have to be a particular division let me ask you this do you want an interesting team or a really good team um i, I i'm gonna try and do all scales so you know i might have one team that's not great but i just will watch their games see them get pummeled i might have a team that's interesting and has a you know interesting dynamic whether it's coach that's you know on the blow or something like that or and then i might i'll probably have one team that's good because you know i have to watch good football sometimes okay i'll start with a good team okay i'm gonna go with the buffalo bills okay because josh allen is one of the funniest funnest players to watch explosive offense really good defense of the super bowl favorite so I think Buffalo is an easy team that I think will be good. They're in an interesting division too. So you get to see them play the Dolphins twice, who are an interesting team with Tua and Tyreek and everything they have down there in South Beach. Mm -hmm. There's the Patriots of it all. So I think the Bills are going to be a good team. I'll say the Bills. Okay. Interesting team. This is tying back your roots to the Browns. I'm going with the Carolina Panthers. (laughs) Baker Mayfield is in Carolina, your former boy. Mm-hmm. They traded him. I think the Carolina Panthers are going to sneak into the postseason. They're my, okay. one of my hotter takes, if you will. I think they're going to make the playoffs in, the, in a lackluster NFC. Christian McCaffrey's health is paramount, but when he's playing, he is must-see TV. Yeah, Baker, who's always entertaining. 
and the Panthers have never have just are, are a desperate team. Their coach is going to be fired if they miss the playoffs, in my mind. So I think they need a good season. I think they're going to get it. Baker has a lot to prove. Panthers, Browns, week one. Interesting little game, revenge game for, yeah. for Baker Mayfield. So that's my interesting one. Bad team. I love bad teams. Uh, yeah. I have a few selected for you later on that we'll, we'll get to. I can't pick the Bears because they're just so bad. Okay, appreciate that. Yeah, I can't do the I can't do that to you. I want you to have some fun watching the NFL. I'm gonna go with Jacksonville. Okay. Jacksonville, who back to back first overall picks, got a new head coach in Doug Peterson. Trevor Lawrence finally is a coach after Urban Meyer is gone after he's done kicking kickers and whatever the hell else he's doing down there in Jacksonville. So he's back working for Fox now, talking about college football. So good for him. They got good – they got – their defense isn't great. Look, I, they're going to do their preview in a couple days. Their defense pretty bad. But their offensive players aren't bad. I think Doug Peterson will help Trevor Lawrence. I, I think it's just interesting to watch them just to see how Trevor goes from year one to year two, what kind of progression he has, and if they're building something that can be something. In, in the okay. future, if it's something that can be sustainable. So I'm going to say Jacksonville, and I think they'll be better – I think they're over under on FanDuel three and a half wins. I take the over. Okay. Three uh, wins for the year? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I think I think they'll have more than I think they'll for sure I, have more than three and a half because I think they'll beat the Texans twice because Texans are worse than them and they're in they're in their division. True. That's a that's a fair I point. Be, I think they could beat the Titans this season in their division. Yeah. I, I actually had Jacksonville for you for teams to watch that were we're going to be bad and understood. So I'm glad we're on the same page with that one. Um, yeah. Other other than that, you know, I got the Browns missing the playoffs. That's a hot take. Um, I think even if Deshaun comes back heavy, mm-hmm. can't. I, I'm just thinking this team still doesn't have it in them. I think Tyree Kill won't be the same wide receiver as he was with the Chiefs. That's just something I've seen more videos of Tua throwing to him, and there's just passes where I'm like, God. That was that, that guy's last name was Mahomes. That that would have been a touchdown. That would have been six points. Yeah. So I think he's going to dip this year in 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 stats and you know fantasy. Whoever plays that. Um, and I think the Raiders are going to take the AFC West. That's my that's my hot hot take. I like that. Yeah. yeah. He I know that he's they got the worst quarterback out of all four teams. I don't know about that. Who do you think's worse, Russ? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I love it. I love it. So I, I, I don't know. I'm finishing last. That's for sure. I have the Broncos finishing last. Okay. Okay. The big, the big, big upset. Yeah, I know. So I, and that's exciting. And I, you know, that's a team I plan to follow a little bit more this year. They seem really interesting. I love, you know, they've got a, they seem like they got a good receiver group now and you know, they're going to be tight. I like Josh Jacobs too. He's an exciting player to watch. So yeah, that'll be a team I'm all over this year. Hopefully get out to see a Vegas game too. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, it'd be fun. Raiders, <laughs> Raiders are interested. That whole division is super interesting. Oh, it'd be exciting. With the Chiefs and the chart with Herbert with the Chargers. Yeah. And uh, Russell Wilson's in Denver. So yeah, I, that that's an interesting division. Do you have a Super Bowl pick? I have my my Super Bowl for the year is going to be the returning Rams playing okay. against the Bills. And I have the Bills win. Opening night. Opening night. Yeah. And and I think the Bills will win. Okay. 
Bills take the Super So the drought is over for Buffalo. They finally, they finally well, won one. They, they got this experience, right? Like, it's not like they've been a team that's been missing the playoffs year after year. Like, they've started to pick it up a little bit in the last few years. So, mm-hmm. you know, they played a really weak division, obviously. Um, I think with the coaching changes that have ha- happened in with the New England team, I think that they won't be strong this year. I think that's bound to fuck up. And I, I just, I don't know. I just see the Bills kind of dominating. And I think they're going to take that next step. Let me ask you this. Does Josh Allen win the MVP? No, I don't think so. I think there'll be a, I think a, there'll be another player, but I don't think he cares. I think he's he's interested in getting to the to the grand prize and getting right. Buffalo what they deserve. Yeah, he he's the betting favorite on FanDuel. I think Mahomes is second. Herbert is third. He's high for, for mm-hmm. MVP. Brady's in the top five. You got Aaron Donald in there. No Rodgers. No, yeah, Rogers seventh or eighth. He's won two in a row. I just can't see people voting for him again. People are so sick of Aaron <laughs> him going on Joe Rogan this week and talking about perks. Yeah, that back up and him doing his ayahuasca's for lovers and all the other crap he's doing. I think people are just tired of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, that's fair. I'm, I'm I'm pretty sick and tired of him too, to be honest. Did you did you listen to the Joe Rogan Aaron Rodgers interview? No, I have it docked. I have it saved on my phone, but I haven't got around to it. I, um, there's probably almost there's only so much Aaron Rodgers I can take, so I'll probably. I listened a half hour and I had to stop. I'm gonna listen to the rest of it, but I I like you said, but those in particular with those two together, it, it's a lot. <laughs> what what was the ending point? What what did Rodgers or Rogan say to say like, okay, I gotta shut this off? Well, they just kept going on about vaccinations for like 30 minutes. And I was just like, okay, we're past it. Like, okay, you didn't get it. Good for you. Like some people yeah. did, some didn't. Like, why, why does this have to be brought up again? <laughs> and then I saw, I have actually, I, I archived this because I wanted to tell you. And I sent this to my mother and it, I nearly fainted last night when I saw this article. It's by Clay Travis. He works for Fox Sports. He is a piece of work anyway. Okay. This is the title of his column. Novak Djokovic, Kyrie Irving, Aaron Rodgers are modern day heirs of Muhammad Ali. Your mother probably they lost the phone. They didn't get vaccinated. That, that's the, about the piece. That they, they're Muhammad Ali. That's the correlation. I don't know how this guy still has a job. Me at, at Fox. Like that's. It's embarrassing, man. That's it's embarrassing, embarrassing for them. Yeah. yeah. No, unbelievable. I mean, I'm not going to say that, you know, that I'm not like, you know, you have to or I hate you. But at the end of the day, when you're influencing over millions of people's lives and millions of people's health, I mean, it's get get it together. Like, you got to think about more than your own safety. And Muhammad Ali didn't want to go fight in a war that he knew was not not right, which he was proven correct on. They didn't get a stupid jab. Like, there's no saw that last night on Twitter and I just said, Oh my God, this guy. And he, he's on their college football Fox show. And I'm like, oh, this guy. So you got to watch him every week. Unfortunately. Yes. Unfortunately. <laughs> yes, I do. Which I'll have to suffer through, but Lord knows I'll do it. So there you go. All right. I got a, I got a couple teams. I want to show you that, uh, stray away from the devils. I know you, you watched, you told me, or you think you said on the pod, you watched 56 parts of devil's games. Uh, last year that's a bit sickening uh, I don't know what's worse that or preseason NFL but 
Yeah, pro- probably the Devils. Probably the Devils, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a list of two teams from each league that I want you to consider taking on and some facts about each of them and why I think you should watch them. You ready? Yeah, I am. Yeah, I'll just say, uh, I teased this earlier that we're going to play this little game where I asked Shay for help, where I wanted him to kind of present me with some options for teams to follow. I like to follow a bad team. In oh, they're bad teams. Yeah. Yeah. And they got to be bad. They can't have much hope. Like I said, 56 or 57 Devils, parts of Devils games last year. That's that's sickening. I can't believe it. I, I went back and looked up data. You can track what you watch on TV oh, and really? things like that. It took me like two hours, and I, I did it. And I saw how many hours I watched the Devils. I even got sick to my stomach with myself. But nevertheless. How many Yotes games? If you had to guess, you might not know the exact on the top of the head. but It was over 10. Yeah, see that's a couple couple afternoon games. <laughs> yeah, Buffalo, <laughs> Buffalo, Arizona start, afternoon game. Let's start with NBA. Okay, that's what I have first, anyways. Um, so first, this team obviously not great. They had twenty five wins. They, this is the second year they had a head coach. They acquired a young star. You know who I'm talking about? Just acquired a young star. It's not Sacramento. So I thought you were gonna pitch me. Um, it's the team. It's the team they traded to. <laughs> Indiana. Indiana. I the Indiana Pacers, and you're gonna think, what the hell would I watch this team? They're gonna be bad, bad. But I think this is, I think this is a fresh start for Halliburton. Whoever doesn't, whoever doesn't know, last year there was a big trade that happened between Sacramento and Indiana, uh, basically trading Sacramento's, uh, I would say the Messiah for Sacramento away to uh indiana for some players like uh some bonus and uh you know a, a true of other players some picks were involved buddy healed i think went the other way yes yeah so here's why i think you should watch indiana indiana is going to have a fresh start they have a fresh new young player a new point guard that i think could revolutionize, like completely change the team over rick carlisle is a good coach I, I don't blame last year on him he was just dealt a bad hand and he but he's proven to be, you know, successful in places like Dallas and some other few stops. Uh, on top of Halliburton, they've got a guy named Chris Duarte. I'm going to say, I think he's from Quebec. He's a young guard. Um, he's, I think he's going to be compelling. He was a rookie last year. I think he played really well. Miles Teller at Jalen Smith. Miles Teller, or sorry, Miles Turner, not Miles Teller. This isn't Top Gun Maverick. Charlotte Bobcats. <laughs> um miles turner proven great defensive player i think he's exciting to watch he's always animated which i love and jalen smith just got traded uh from phoenix last year he's a seven footer i think he's got a lot of promise he wasn't given that much of a chance because he was playing behind um da last year so and then he, when he got there he was proven he, he had some successful games even off the bench so this team i think has a lot to promise for and i think they will be good they're up and coming um, and I feel like I've, I feel like now that they're past the bonus, I feel like there's definitely some issues that will resolve. And I'm interested to see where they lie, and I, I'm interested to see if they get past 25 wins. I like that. I like that pitch. I like Halliburton a lot. But they won't be good, which is why I, that's a criteria for Perfect. you. Yes. Yeah. They uh, they draft high, so you're gonna get a, a new rookie in the lineup. I like that. Yeah. Duarte, I watched in college at Ohio State a lot. He was good there. So, yeah, I, I, Indiana's it's not a bad sell. I, okay. I like 
I like the cut of that. The only thing I worry about there is if they flip Russell Westbrook to Indiana in a potential trade. <laughs> I can't do that. I can't watch him. But you think? I just think they, they want to be bad, right? Like they really, I think they want to get a high draft pick and they know if they get if Russell Keller and say Buddy Heald on that roster, they're going to be competitive ish. Yeah. So you think they'll trade those two for Russ and then they'll just tank? I think they'll trade those two for Russ if they can get the first round picks from the Lakers. Right. How many? Like two or three? I want two for sure because even though Russ only has one year left, you have to put up with Russ. But I, th- I think if they get him, they'll buy him out. Right. Because they, yeah, because they're going to be that bad. Right. Yeah. No, so no that I, makes. I, I think that'll that'll happen. Yeah. Hopefully that doesn't happen because I. Yeah, I, I don't want to see someone like that mess with the growth growth of this Halliburton, who's going to be a really good player. But right. yeah, it's happened before. Uh, on the other hand, Houston, um, young core, Jalen Green, Kevin Porter Jr., J- uh, Jabari Smith Jr. They've got a ton of young guys who seem very promising. And Boban is there now, so I think so. I think it'd be interesting to watch. Um, yeah, that team, another team that's not going to be good, but I think they'll climb the scales and. Uh, you know, Hopefully they take that next step. The young stars proven were proven last year. Hopefully they'll be the, the same this year. I like I like either one. You know, both one in the West, one in the East, and I think Jalen Green will have a big second year because I think he was good last year. I think he's just scratching at the surface because I think he's Me too. Be a good NBA player, a really yeah. good NBA player. Yeah, yeah, I think he can take it higher as well. And some of those other guys can too. Uh, yeah, that's what I did. I picked one from basically each league. Um, moving to the NFL. Um, we already talked about Jacksonville. I think it's intriguing. They've made some changes. They've picked up Kirk and Ingram, two guys who weren't there last year. So they've mixed up their roster a little bit, which I enjoy. Um, Trayvon Walker, if he, if he plays, he's not hurt, is he? No, he'll be there. So, yeah, he's he's interesting number uno numero. So, yeah, it's a, a team that's worth watching. And, uh, yeah, like you said, new head coach instead of uh, Buddy who's cheating on his wife at his own bar uh, and getting caught. Yeah. Um, and then on the other side, I have the Lions. Um, this, this, this is going to be an interesting team. Aiden Hutchinson seems like he's a monster. I, I literally watched a 15-minute real tape of him yesterday, just killing guys left and right. So I think that's entertaining for anyone who's looking for like a, a great defensive player to turn. He's you know highly routed as a defensive rookie of the year um, for this upcoming season. So got to be good. And uh, yeah, just a team that seems like they're going finally making steps in the right direction. Yeah, I yep. think the Lions. I think the Lions are going to be good. I, I think they're. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but I think they'll be competitive. Yeah, I think their best season in a long time. Yeah, I think their over unders at six. I'll take the over for next season. That's on FanDuel. Ooh, okay. Maybe lay the futures bet on that, but we'll wait and see. Yeah. Jared Goff back. <laughs> we got some skilled players. Dan Campbell. You know, all we know about Dan Campbell is he's going to bite a kneecap off. And it doesn't matter if he's if you got one ass cheek and six toes, he'll kick your ass. That's what he told us on Hard Knocks. So that's that's what you can expect from Detroit Lions week in week out. Um, over under on Jared Goff getting sacked thirty or over under thirty five last year. I'm going, I'm going under. Team's better this year. You got like confidence. Line. Yeah. Okay. Got a pretty decent offensive line. I'm gonna go under for sacks. Yep. Okay, I love that. Love that. Yeah, no, that's should be good too. 
I don't know. I don't know much about it, but it's a lot of hype around this. Is his, his name Amon? Amon St. Brown? Yeah, Amani St. Brown. Amani St. Brown. From Green Bay. So he's got some talent. They got Jamison Williams, who's coming off an ACL injury from the University of Alabama. So he'll be he'll be fun to watch. They got TJ Hawkinson, who's one of the best tight ends in football. They they got some interesting things in Detroit for once, which they've never been able to say since Barry Sanders left the league 20 plus years ago. So that something to, to go watch in Ford Field this year. They had Megatron, didn't they? Yeah, but even then they weren't good. They didn't win a division. He was just fun to watch because he they was never just won a division with Stafford and Megatron. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's that's kind of pathetic. They didn't. The Stafford didn't win a playoff game there. Leaves for one year, wins a Super Bowl. Um, finally, I'll leave it on a high note, the, in the NHL, um, team that I want, want you to watch, you're probably going to watch a lot of them anyways, but just something other than the devils every other night. Um, I'm going to go with the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, I know you root, well, you don't, you don't root against Toronto, but you like the counterparts. So I figured you might as well go across the pond and, uh, yeah, they pick, pick Buffalo to watch for once. You know, this is going to be the past Eichel phase or post Eichel phase. Sorry. Um, same thing happens with Buffalo every year. They just got off to a rotten start and then they just can't, they can't find it. They just can't find their season. It's, and it's pathetic, but, um, this is the first year that tons of guys are just going to be playing their full seasons since the trade, you know, Krebs and talk coming over who I think are going to be electric. Um, I think Jack Owen Quinn's power. yeah. Owen power is going to play his first, you know, first rookie season. I think he's going to have a really, really big impact with the, the short little span we get to see at the end of last season, uh, Matthias Samuelson is a guy who I love. He's just a brick shithouse. He played there. He played 40 games there last year. I think he's going to be amazing. Dalene uh, quietly had 53 points, I think, and and no one's talking about him because, you know, that's he's in, he's in Buffalo. And uh, Jack Quinn, uh, goal scorer, yep. dominated last year in, their, in Rochester in their American League. I think he's going to come up, and I think he's going to be a big piece. I think he's going to make that, uh, that transition. So, yeah. Buffalo's yeah, like a good team. All those young guys, Dylan Cousins is in the mix there. Yeah. They got Craig Anderson, who's 50, back in the net. So he's well, that's play. why they're going to suck because they can't have no goaltender. <laughs> you know that they're not they're not going to be winning many games, but it's going to be interesting to watch how these guys. they competitive than they were last year. Well, you see, at the end of post cycle they were competitive. They had yeah. they had a fire that was laid under them. It's like, okay, there's new guys. There's new blood here. Let's Let's go. And, you know, I think led by Tuck, who seems like a really good leader in that locker room, seems like mm-hmm. he wants to be there. I think he is a guy who's, okay, I'm not in, I'm, I'm not under, I'm not in Vegas' bottom six anymore. I'm in a top six position. I can be a star in this, on this team. So I think that's a lot of motivation for him to play well. Yeah, I, he is a leader and he, he gives his heart every night. You know, you're going to get the best effort from Alex Tuck night in, night out. And I think that's important for, for Buffalo and, and Don Granado, the coach, because he needs guys to buy in and give effort, or, or you're going to get embarrassed. Most most nice because 95% of the league has more talent than you do. And yeah, more experience. absolutely. So you need that work ethic to be even be competitive with the rest of the league. Yeah. And uh, and, and the counterpart to that, uh, the team I, I recommend, because I don't think they're going to be very good, and you might think otherwise, Vegas. Um, <laughs> I think it'll be an interesting team to watch. You're going to have Eichel for a full year. Um, you just traded away Patrick Reddy with a 30 goal score for you and for nothing. 
basically just to keep. You brought back Riley Smith, who I didn't love that signing, but you know, they, obviously he's got history on the team, and you have no goaltender. Same as you know, basically, see they they traded for Aiden Hill, um, who's a fringe starter at at most, I think. Yeah. So, you know, what is this team going to be? Is this team going to be a bottom feeder or is this team going to compete in a really weak division? It's it's kind of up in the air. If they play like they did last year with no – with basically no heart, with no beat to their team, then they're just going to be at the bottom again, which uh, is going to be very interesting considering how much money they pay their players. Yeah, they're interesting, especially because they got rid of DeBoer – so Bruce Cassidy comes over, which is kind of a, you know, he gets fired from Boston. I think he's going to be motivated to have a good season with that team. He's a hard-nosed coach. He'll be tough on some of the guys. I'm curious to see how he gels with Phil Kessel because Phil Kessel just gives no effort most of the time. So I don't know how those two are going to mesh, even with Eichel. I think Eichel, he's got his games where he likes to float around. He he has some William Nylander in him where he just kind of floats around the, the mesh and that's not going to sit well with Cassidy. DeBrus sat on the bench for a while in Boston, and that, I think that's a big reason why DeBrus rescinded his trade request because Bruce Cassidy is no longer there as, as the head coach. So I'm curious to see how he approaches the team. And as you mentioned, Aiden Hill, Laurent Brassois, and Logan Thompson. No, there's no starting goaltender there. Logan Thompson hasn't proved himself to be a backup in the NHL. Aiden right. Hill has had a spurt, and Brassois, you know he's a backup. That's just what he is. He can play 20 games a year. Yeah. It, it could be another tire fire of a season in Vegas, and the whole that that's going to go up in flames quick if they don't get off to a good start. But it's interesting, right? Because, oh, like, extremely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what entertainment. And, I, like, that signing by Phil, why, why does Phil sign there? You know, obviously, this is post-knowing that, you know, Robin Leonard is going to be, is hurt clearly and going to be out for the season. He's not. It's not like he's signing there for seven million or six million. He's signed there for a million and a half dollars. What you? Know, why is he? Why would he go there? What's this part? I think the perception in Vegas is that they're always competitive. So I just think when people go there, they expect the team to be pretty good, and they are in a weak division, so they do have that benefit for them going forward. So I think for Phil, he even made a comment. In his opening media, that it was nice going to be to get to play for a team that actually wants to win something, taking a shot at Arizona the second he leaves. But I think he probably thinks they can be a pretty good team, and I, I it might be a long shot. Maybe they find a goalie. You know, maybe there's a goalie that becomes available in training camp and they scoop him up. Mm-hmm. But he must think that the team is going to be competitive, and I think he likes the the locale too. Yeah, I think he loves the locale. He's a big golfer, so I think he's gonna be on this. He's gonna be out there most days. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's good. So other other than you know, you're gearing down with obviously with baseball. I mean, that's coming to a close. But what have you been watching on TV that's different than you know sports? Yeah, uh, what I I guess I watched Blackbird. Yeah, you recommended that. I love that. I watched the Monte Teo doc. What else have I watched recently? Um, well, I, I'm watching The Wire, so I'm watching a few episodes of that every now and then. Um, nothing. I'm waiting for Rings of Power. That comes Me out too. Later in the week. Me too. I'm excited to watch that. I want to see if it's any good. 
I guess they're spending like a enormous amount of money per episode. It's like a crazy amount for just the way it looks and the scenery and everything. So I'm excited to watch Rings of Power. I haven't. I'm not gonna watch House of Dragon or Dragon House, whatever the Game of Thrones spinoff. I meant to ask you, is that is that because of the bad taste that the final two seasons left in your mouth? Yes. Okay. Yes. So you would you wouldn't even give it a try, even even knowing if it was totally different or if you heard good things. Maybe I'll give it a try. Maybe I should. I just that last season of Game of Thrones was so bad and so poorly done. Yeah. I agree and with that. One of the worst cinematic experiences I've had. And it's just, <laughs> it hurt me. I read the books. They were good. And George R. R. Martin, his fat ass, couldn't finish the last book. So they had to come up with this. And it, I, I don't know. I, I just, I'm, I'm excited for Rings of Power. I wanted Ted Lasso to come out. I don't know. They're not announcing that, which pisses me off. I don't want to watch that. But, yeah, I'm excited. Are you going to watch Rings of Power on Amazon Prime? I think so, yeah. As, as you know, I do carry a couple shows with me um, as, as I as you, prolong. Yeah. yeah, we went over a list not long ago, and it's extensive. But uh, my goal is to finish Ozark this week slash weekend so that I can start that next next week. It'll be like a little celebration for finishing my exam next uh, next Friday. So, yeah. How many... Oh. How many um... How many episodes of Ozark do you have left? We are on 10. So 10, I think 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. So you got yeah. about half the se- about back half of the season. Yeah, yeah. Been good so far. Interesting. Um, mm-hmm. just, just haven't found time to, to watch the rest of it. So finishing that before I start something new, that's my goal. How does your exam work? Is it one day? Is it multiple days? How is the so it's it's basically three days and uh, it's all case writing exams, but they take about four to five hours per per day. So I'll start at nine and um, I have to go till whatever one or two o'clock, and then I can that I'm done for the rest of the day, and then I come back the next day. Yeah, so yeah. Is good. it in person? It's in person in Moncton um, at the new hotel across from the Avenir Center. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice one there. Yeah. You have to wear a mask for the entire thing. That's irritating. Yeah. Today I was my first day. I practiced with a mask on, and uh, let me tell you, it was uh, not enjoyable. Yeah. So are you staying in Moncton or traveling? No, I'll stay in Moncton. Yep. Yep. I'll I'll stay. Actually, I'll probably stay at the Crown Plaza so I can just walk across the street. Right. Yep. Yep. So not looking forward to it, but I'm looking forward to it to being over. So it's right. Dual, right. dual sword there but uh well, well for everybody here best of luck thank you and i really appreciate that we know you'll do well uh and like i said then you're done then it's next week so if you're done friday yep that means you can watch nfl all weekend oh yeah buddy that's the plan that is the plan uh, my my ass is going to be sitting in a seat on september 11th not doing anything and I'll probably tune into the Bills and the the Rams a little bit because you're not really supposed to study you after. A little, you need a little reprieve. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, looking forward to that. Do we have a winner? Do we already predict a winner? Or is that for next week? Probably do that next week. Okay. okay. Do I don't blame you. Prediction next week. I've got my quarterback list coming out next week. What day next week? Like the list. Monday, I'm gonna do my quarterback list. Wednesday. I think I'll, I'll do my Super Bowl stuff, Super Bowl okay. predictions. All, I'm going to predict every team that I see win, uh, making the playoffs in each conference. 
working on that currently. And then Thursday, I'll preview the game. We'll pick a winner for that. We'll talk about the betting line for that game. And then every Friday is going to be a big gambling day on the podcast for college and the NFL. Comes the lines, good bets, bad beats, things of that nature. So that's going to be the, the Friday format moving forward for uh, GTP. Looking forward to it. I, you know me. I can't make my own bets for myself because uh, I usually pick a loser. Sorry. But uh, no, I lo- love what you're doing with the, the recaps and everything that's happened over the offseason in the NFL. I really, really enjoy those. So keep up that great work. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll be talking to you probably in a couple of weeks. Absolutely. Appreciate it, my friend. And, and best of luck, as I said. Thank you. Thank you. Take her easy. There's Seamus Fillmore, everybody. Great to talk to him. It's been a few weeks and interesting. Just bounced around today. Lots happening in the sports world. So we could have went in a lot of different directions talked about the live tour we talked about nhl rumors nba stuff because that's popping up it is late august but there's still news and i want to just going to check before we wrap up the show today about any pressing nfl news when it comes to cuts when it comes to trades it is 4 p.m eastern so that is the that's the time rosters have to be set i expect a few things happen just going to load here See if Adam Schefter has anything on Twitter that is pressing, that is interesting to report. We'll get more into the U.S. Open tomorrow. Watch Serena's match last night. Incredible to see all the celebrities out there. Her get the win. Seeing her daughter in in the stands was really cool. Canadians went four for four yesterday. Rebecca Marino, Leila Andy Fernandez, Felix Ogiel-Yassim, and Bianca Andreescu getting wins. We also got uh, today... Canada is playing U.S. at the Women's Worlds. I think it's tied up right now. I'm going to head home and catch the end of that if I can. So checking here, nothing pressing before we go. Just want to see if Schefter had any cuts. Raiders wave Leatherwood, as I said. That seems to be the last big name so far. There may be a few that come into play as we move forward but that yeah that seems to be it for now as we get right as we head in but tomorrow we'll talk about the u.s open we'll get into some baseball stories the blue jays got a win last night which congrats to all the blue jays fans out there i heard from a few of them you beat the cubs you should be proud of that win yankees blues again otani dingers who holds hits home run number 694 now six away from 700 as he, as the Cardinals pumped the Cincinnati Reds. So we'll talk about some baseball tomorrow. We will get into the U.S. Open the first couple days and Flushing Meadows. And we'll also talk about the AFC East. Preview show tomorrow, AFC East. So we'll mix that in as we did yesterday. Thursday, we're going to do AFC South and AFC North preview. So double dip on Thursday. And then Friday, Matt Wright will join the show to talk about the first gambling show of the season, the first betting lines. So join us live if you can on Friday because you're going to get some good tidbits on what to do gambling before Saturday with the official week one of the college football season. Great show today. Hope you guys have a great rest of your Tuesday. Take care, and as always, this is to the point.